Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this week's cheap heat, I want to give a big shout out to forhims.com. Okay, your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, uh, other wellness supplements, everything you need for men, okay? Hair loss is real, trust me, I know, but there's a way to deal with it and Hims understands this. It was created by a guy who knows about the conversations and knows that they're easier to have online than in person. So whatever it is the issue you're trying to deal with, something something skin related, something hair related, so much easier than making that appointment and going into a doctor's office. You can do it all at fourhims.com. And right now, cheap heat listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 right now while supplies last, okay? Subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information, okay? This could cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy somewhere else. So go to fourhims.com slash cheap. They always just want to focus on cheap with us. That's fourhims, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash cheap. Fourhims.com slash cheap. Check it out. Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, SGG, uh, it is time for another week of Cheap Heat. We have a lot to get to. Can't say it was the best week I can recall in, in professional wrestling history. I don't know if it's one for the ages that you're going to write down, take a picture of, or remember forever. But I'll start with you, Greg. Outside the ring, what's going on? Um, I didn't see much going on outside the ring. I, I, I read, and this is unconfirmed, mostly speculation, that AEW is going to end up excuse me, having their deal with Turner to air on TNT. But the interesting thing about this story is that they're saying that AEW is actually paying to be on Turner rather than it be uh, the other way around. Which I don't know how now often that's that happens in TV, but that sounds interesting to me. Well, it's very it, it, it's very common on certain kinds of channels, not not channels like Turner. And of course, you know, back in the day in the territory days, that was the way um early on for everybody. They paid for their time. But in this era on a network like Turner, if that's true, um I don't know that I believe that. Um I, I would think Turner could see the value in this. At the same time though, if Turner had their doubts Seeing as AEW has a lot of money, I could see them thinking, you know what, at first, if we have to prove it to them, we'll pay for it, we'll prove it, and then they'll figure it out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know anything about that, but that is certainly interesting. Yeah. Um, another outside-the-ring sort of thing that happened is um, Luke Harper requested his release. He posted a statement on social media. Um as of now, I don't know that that means that he has been released, but in the lengthy statement, he did, uh, you know, thank the WWE and his, his fans and um, let it be known that he requested his release and we'll see where it goes from there. But Luke Harper could be on his way out. Yeah, no, I believe he is. Um, you saw lots of superstars replying to it and showing him love. 
So it definitely appears that it's the end of the line. Um, he had put up an interesting post right before WrestleMania about how, you know, just a year ago he was in, in WrestleMania and this year he had a match at Access. Um, and he's been healthy for some time. Um, so listen, this is not an uncommon story of, of people who get an injury, um, get lost, get lost in the shuffle. Things change. You fall out of favor with someone, and before you know it, a really talented person with potential doesn't really have anything to do. Yeah. So we'll see where he pops up, but I, I'm I'm sure his booking calendar will will be just fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'll fill up immediately. And you know, when I saw that, I thought about what we said about Sasha Banks. Like he's one of those talents who, um, I think he's really good. And like you said, you know, we just you just should find a way to make it work. There has to be something for them. The writers should be able to come up with something. I don't. And I don't know. I don't. I find it weird and a little bit sad that they couldn't find anything for Luke Harper. And I guess it shows you where they're at with the depth of their talent and their roster. That a guy like Luke, Luke Harper is getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah, you would just think with three hours of TV on Monday, five hours a week, or six, seven hours a week, depending on how you look at it, that there wouldn't be a spot for him. It seems odd to me, but uh, listen, it's it's an odd time we're living in SGG. It may be the oddest post-WrestleMania period I can remember. Yeah, same. Just because they, I mean, they have so much talent on the roster. They have more talent coming in. They just signed uh, Kushida, Shane Strickland, and Humberto Garza. And they also have guys that... You know, just want out. So many people want out. Yeah, and then on top of that, it just, you know, the first few weeks of the top of the, the top of the wrestling calendar, the top of the WWE calendar, which is April and May, you just have very high expectations. And we, we have gotten just a myriad of six man tags. Um, you know, uh, a, a fake, a teased champion versus champion match, which turned into a six man tag. Uh, it's, I, I'm just confused. Like this is just the time of year when you expect things to be really awesome. Um, you know, the lead up to mania was not my favorite. We all know. I don't think it was anyone's favorite. Um, but then you had these big moments at mania that you thought could have really spark plugged. I don't think that's the right word, but sparked something. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it just hasn't. I, I really, I've been, I don't know. Am I the, I'm not on Twitter during the shows. What, are, what are people reacting like during these shows? Well, I can tell you right now that the Viking experience caused an uproar, not in a good way. Um, so there's definitely that. And I think you're generally hitting the nail on the head. People wanted to see a finish to that champion versus champion match that we that we sort of got halfway through with Rollins and Kofi. Even though both even though both men are beloved, you know, WWE put that out there, and then people people bit people are interested, so they wanted to see how that would have played out. Well, and it's not like WrestleMania Monday is a day where you think it, something crazy won't happen. Like you believed it could have yeah. happened, and th- and then instead, when you get like the bar, you're just like, wait, what? This is just like a random, 
September Raw. Right. The bar for attack team and then match. We, and then we all know, I mean, I just don't understand the love of the superstar shakeup versus the draft. I just don't get it. I, I really, the shakeup is the most, it's such an exciting potential thing. It changes the landscape. That part is true. They say that over and over again, and that part is true. It changes the landscape of WWE as you know it, and yet they do it in this way in which it doesn't feel like anything major happened. Yeah. People just show up and have a match, and okay, here we go. And I just, I I will never be on board with this version of a a superstar shakeup. I just, it's anticlimactic TV, and it should be, the most exciting TV. And in fact, if, if they, I wonder if they knew how little they had coming out of Mania, cause I might have just made the superstar shake up on Monday, the first Monday. Like, if you knew you had sort of that little. Instead, they did like a weird tease week of it where it was like a fake superstar shake up. And then they did the real thing and it, it didn't feel that different. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head for me too. I feel like, Superstar shakeup should just be what WrestleMania Monday is. Fold it in. Yeah, people are expecting something crazy to happen. Um, don't take that extra week to like figure it out. Just have Mania happen, and then be ready to shake the rosters up, and then go from there. Um, but an interesting thing that did shake out of the Superstar shakeup was that SmackDown now seems to have both. Mid-card titles. They have the Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor on SmackDown now. And Samoa Joe um, seems to still be on SmackDown. So SmackDown right now has the U.S. Championship and the Intercontinental Championship along with the titles that they always had. You know, the SmackDown tag, SmackDown Women's WWE title. So... For Raw, that's interesting. Wasn't the word, though, that wasn't Joe sick this week, though? Right. But they did a lot of, um, like, after the show, they did announce some picks after. So Joe could have been just one of the people that they named to being like, oh, and by the way, Samoa Joe. They did that with Chad Gable. They did that with, uh, that's how we found out that the Riot Squad and Sanity were going to be broken up because after the shows, they were like, oh, and by the way, this person from SmackDown is coming over here. And it ended up being Eric Young from SmackDown to Raw. And uh, this person from Raw is going there, which was Liv Morgan, uh, to SmackDown to jump in on that super stacked women's division now because they have Bailey, Ember Moon, uh, Kylie Sane. It's, it's crazy what the women have on SmackDown right now compared to Raw. But um, yeah, they could have done that By with the way, Joe. And 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 what a what a weird reaction for Bailey on SmackDown. Yeah, I was not expecting that. Like I, I would have understand it understood it being a little bit flat, but it it was outright like Oh no, it was booze. Bad. It was booze. It wasn't flat. It was boo this woman. We don't care what she has to say. Uh get her out of here. Which is a reaction that I would not have expected Bailey to get. For no reason, she did. She just she did nothing to to warrant that reaction. Yeah, it was it was super duper strange. I I did not. 
She had a period around a year ago where people were booing her, and then it seemed to go away, and she got through it, and then the boss and hug thing happened. And again, I, I don't really understand boss and hug breaking up. Um, they just seem to always toy with them. And it just seemed like having them in the women's tag division, now that you're going to have this tag division, what's what's the sense in them not being together? Although maybe Sasha shows up on SmackDown. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, because a team like Boston Hug, you really get the sense that they could have been uh, the cornerstone of this women's tag division rather than just, you know, you have the Iconics and... But uh, the rest of these teams are sort of like mashups so of people who are like could be, you know, adjacent of each other for whatever reason. So let's put them together. And uh, I feel like Boston Hug was the only true team that they had, and they broke them up. Very strange. Yeah, I, I still am confused about that. Um, how do you think the Lars Sullivan thing is going so far? I'm not into it. I'm sort of over it. And does that seem to be the general consensus that you're you're seeing? I haven't seen anybody really say much about Lars online, so I mean based on that, you have to assume that people generally don't care, which it sucks for him because, you know, when they originally called him up, they were supposed to put a rocket on him. Um there was rumors that he was going to face and beat Cena at WrestleMania and then, you know, he takes a leave of absence, yeah, but, comes back, and now people don't why, care. And why why have John Cena have a match when he can just come out and do the Doctor of Thugonomics? I mean, <laughs> who needs the wrestling part? You you have the Doctor. The Doctor's in. The Doctor's yeah, in. Yeah, I'm not so. going to lie. I'd take the Doctor of Thugonomics beating on Elias over um, John Cena losing to Lars Sullivan. Yeah, I guess him losing to Lars Sullivan and having a second straight unannounced loss at WrestleMania would have been strange. All right, and before we continue on, real quick, got to give a shout-out to Dollar Shave Club. You know I've been telling you for a minute they have everything. You never have to go to a store. It's so easy. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need right to your doors. You don't have to worry about running out of toothpaste. You don't have to worry about running out of razors. You don't have to worry about anything. You just subscribe, and it comes to your door right when you need it. It's super-duper easy. The toothpaste in particular is fantastic. The clean, fresh feeling, it's, it's People smell my breath from miles away. They're, they're, they're saying that, that my breath is major. I mean, listen, I've never gotten big breath complaints, but this is a different level of love. Um, they just have amazing discounts, too. And right now, they have a bunch of starter sets that you could try for just $5, like the Oral Care Kit. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. So don't wait. Get your starter set right now. Support GP, too. Uh, it's just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash heat, okay? Um, and also, I want to show love real quick to uh, one of my coworkers and friends, um, Katie Nolan. I don't know if you've checked out her podcast, Sports, um, but it's fire. It's killing it. So shout out to Katie. I've actually known her since before either of us uh, were working at ESPN. 
Um, and her podcast right now is fire. So go to the ESPN app, check it out. She, this is, this is different. She gets into the nitty gritty about sports. She wants, she talks about what's going on with, uh, Jay Cutler's reality show with Krista Cavallari. She talks about the, the little details, the things that get left out of loudmouth sports talk radio, which I do very proudly. Uh, sports. It's, uh, it's a smattering of the great, the weird, the hilarious moments in sports. Check it out. It's fantastic. It's uh, on your podcast app, wherever you get your podcast. Check out Sports with Katie Nolan. What up, Katie? Um, all right, SGG, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go next on this weird, weird week of wrestling? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I feel almost like we need to jump into the mailbag because the Superstar Shake-Up, it, it, left, it left much to be desired, if I'm being quite honest. Um, I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as as things happened, I mean, Monday night started off right away with a "You're hurting me" moment. Um, You're hurting. They have the tag match, and then music hits that I'm very familiar with because I'm a fan of NXT, and it's the War Raiders, whose names are now changed to the Viking Experience. Which I understand why they didn't want, like the war chants on a PG show, probably wouldn't have gone over well. I mean, but that's not that bad, is it? And I mean, like when I said two years ago they they would have to change the name War Machine, that was simply for like Google purposes that I thought that made sense. They came up with War Raiders, which was really good. Yeah, the Viking the Viking experience sounds like a ride at an amusement park. It's just not it. Yeah, the Viking experience sounds like when you can't afford medieval times and then you just go down a couple more exits. It's like, you know, let's just do the Viking experience. Let's get it out of the way. It's medieval. You know, no, it's mid, it's medieval times. <laughs> that should be the name that wait, hold on. Where is the email that I sent the group? Um, yeah, someone wrote, uh, sandwich. I believe it was. No, it wasn't sandwich. That was last week. I sent an email to the group. It was so about right though. It was just complaining. That's where I, I think. I think that's where I stole the Bo line. Bo Jones mail. I was Bo. You found yeah, it. I cannot believe they took one of the majest tag teams in the world, War Raiders, and changed their names to one of the most repug names I've ever heard. The Viking Experience sounds like a bad ride at Epcot. Vince must have a repug machine. He puts all things mage through before they make it on TV. My TV is putting out repug rays as I watch this, and I think I'm going to turn into one-third of the three-man band before the night is over. And Bo just says it perfectly for all of us. I don't Except get Zach it. Linda. Don't Zach Linda who... loves the name Viking Experience. He's into it. Um, yeah, Zach Linda. Zach, Zach may be on cheap heat timeout for six months for this. <laughs> he's game. not trolling this us. Is... He actually loves the name. I, I couldn't believe he liked it. If he's if he proves to be right, I will give him such credit. Like if down the line it gets over and people love the Viking experience and that name works. Well, here's the thing. I will give him so much. I don't credit. think the name is ever going to get over. I don't think people are going to like the name, but they're going to like them and we're going to have to call them the Viking experience. Um but yeah, they took it so far. They changed the name of the tag team and then they gave them New individual names. I'm sure people just were able to figure out who Hanson and Roa is. 
and tell them apart. And now they got to figure out which one is Eric and which one is Ivar. And it was so weird because um, one of them had, I believe it was Ro, had boots that still said Ro, but now neither of them are Ro. It was just a lot. It was. Do you think? Do you think it's an excuse? Calling them the Viking Experience ties into Sarah Logan, and they can add her to the mix. Possibly, um, especially with the Riot Squad being broken up, and then making such a big deal about um, Sarah Logan's Viking heritage, even before they were on the main roster. But they could have done that with War Raiders. And I know why they can't call them the Vikings or the Raiders. The NFL would have a problem with both of those names. But um, the Viking experience just... I, I, I'm so lost. I heard Berserkers was on the loss. table. But I would have taken Berserkers. If I knew it was between Berserkers or Viking experience, I would have taken Berserkers. At least it would have been homage. Yeah. To the great Berserker. This is wild. It's, it's, it's a bizarre, bizarre situation. Um, yeah, that was, that was one of the low lights of the week for sure was the Viking experience. Uh, you want to pick something else from the mailbag? Um, yeah, let me get right in. Let me get into it. Let me go back. Let's see how SGG does. We know his email delivery is not. My email delivery is, is Major. But here's one. I would say it's a, (laughs) I would say it's at best. I see. Uh-huh. No, no, get out of here. So here's one from here's one from Tom. Mail. Lengthy email. So now we're really gonna get into you know my email delivery and how it's gonna show my range, if you will. Okay. Hey, Pete and Greg, been a fan from way back. It's because of you guys that I got into Radio Lab. So thank you for that. Now, with Fox wanting more sports oriented programming. What do you think about a point system for matches like they do in FIFA? A loss gives you one point, a draw gives you two, and a win, three. And maybe lose points if you get caught cheating. You would need a certain amount of points to challenge for different titles. If the challenger loses, they lose most or all of their points and have to start again. The points for the loss allows someone like Hawkins to randomly challenge for a title after a huge losing streak. And you get to see guys going after titles they normally wouldn't get a shot at. Fans can follow the point system from home, and that can really start a groundswell when a favorite wrestler starts getting close enough to points to challenge. This also allows for A-listers to be taken out of the title picture in an organic way. Let me know what you guys think. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Tom S. And also take it easy, man. Um, I uh, I don't hate it. I think it would be a way to add a lot of intrigue. Um you know, and those points could build on on each show, and maybe you could take your points to the other show. And you know, if you have a whole bunch of people who are sitting on, you know, let's say you need to get to fifty points, you, you have a whole lot of people sitting on forty six points, and there's a tournament that's worth, you know, I I could I don't think they'll ever do it, but I certainly see, you know, listen, we've heard many arguments over the years of how do you make wins and losses matter. As opposed to just tonight, we have blank. You know, back in the day, I remember Gorilla Monsoon would be like, well, he wants to win his share of the winner's purse, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they don't even really do that anymore um, where you're thinking about you want to make more money so you want to win. So I, I do think it's a good idea to come up with an idea to make matches meaningful on a week-to-week basis, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I didn't think that a point system would work just because I know they tried it in Ring of Honor and it didn't work. Um, but that was just me like reading the first couple of sentences in the email. But when he explained it out and when you threw out the idea of the tournament and things that could happen with points and uh, that make it more intriguing, I do think, yeah, they won't do it, but it is an idea worth thinking about because they could execute it really well. Yeah, and right now, it would particularly help right now when you have these episodes where the matches feel so damn random. And you're like, why am I supposed to care about this? By the way, also, we forgot to mention that we did get to see Lacey Evans wrestle. Oh, finally. Um, and you get reminded of why there's excitement about her because I like Lacey in the ring. I think she seems like a badass. Um, and I love the name of Woman's Race. <laughs> yeah, me too. That is a great name for a finisher. So, I was happy we got to see Lacey actually wrestle. Okay, we got one in about Kyrie Sane. Pete and Greg, how much does the fact that Raymond James Stadium, location of WrestleMania 36, has a pirate ship affect the decision to call up Kyrie Sane? You know her entrance will involve a pirate ship. Enjoy yourself, Ryan. I don't think it had anything to do with it. We are a long way away from Raymond James Stadium. Um, so um, I, I don't know. I think it maybe had more to do with they don't know what to do with Asuka and they need a women's tag division. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to have the Iconics defending these titles. You need tag teams that you can find some sort of connection between. Um, considering they just broke up the one that had the most connection. Right. So... I think it has more to do with that than it has anything to do with, like, we'll get her on a pirate ship. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that conversation will get had. But uh, I don't think right now that's at the top of the list as to why it happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's at the top of the list. But I think, you know, that the thought crossed my mind as well, um, that they could find a way to use that in some sort of mage entrance for her. And calling her up now gives them much more time to build toward that. Because they would need her in a singles match or like a, a tag team match. You can't just throw her in the Battle Royal for that. And so you call her up now and they have a year to build toward the crowd organically getting behind her rather than have her get called up in like those random January call-ups that they did with EC3 and and um, Alistair Black. And, and, yeah, and you can do something with her leading into next year's mania. So, you know, you know, who knows? I think there'd be a good idea for them to use that. I'll say this based on what's happened with Oscar, it would be, it's incredible wishful thinking to think that Kyrie Sane's going to get a spot like that at WrestleMania, but I'm all for it. You know how I feel about her elbow. We've talked about this. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe we get Oscar and Kyrie mage, uh, at mania. Put them to- yeah, I mean, again, wishful thinking. Um, I mean, considering Asuka had the title just randomly taken off of her four days before WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I would love it. I'm a big Kyrie fan. Okay. Not to be confused with our producer, Kyrie. <laughs> You're a fan of ev- all Kyries. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Williams, Kyrie Sane. Yeah. I'm a fan.
Uh, this one comes in from Frank Neal, RIP to NXT. Mail. What's up, Pete and SGG? The madness has to stop. As a guy who really enjoys NXT and even sees TakeOver as better than the main card pay-per-view sometimes, it appears to me that WWE sees NXT as a separate world from the main roster. There's been way too many early call-ups. Uh, no Way Jose and EC3 are full-blown jobbers at this point. Uh, name changes. I'm sure you've talked about the Viking experience at this point. We have. And worst of all, they treat the fans as idiots who have never seen the product, especially when they pair Kairi Sane with Asuka after Yoshirai, um, whose mage has been teaming with Sane for the last few months. Another example being teaming Champa and Gargano for their debut after one of the greatest feuds in the year. This could lead to NXT meaning nothing to the fans as WWE continues to show that whatever happens on NXT will not mean anything for the main roster. It really makes me worry. It also really makes me worry for what they do with stars like Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream when they get called up. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. It it doesn't worry me about the future of NXT. Um, You know, I think NXT is in fine shape and it will continue to be really, really good. I think the question you have to have is that at this point you'd be almost stupid not to have is what does success at NXT even mean to main roster success? Yeah. Like they, I, I get that there are way less eyeballs on NXT. And so you're starting over to a certain degree. And I talked about this in the Triple H interview from the Michael K show. I get it. You know, although I'm sure it frustrates Triple H more than he was willing to tell me on the radio. Um, but like, you know, they're gearing their product so much towards people who have the network and people who have the network. I wonder what percentage of people who have the network are at least up to date with the takeovers and know who the big names are. So when they show up and you, you take Kyrie Sane, for example, who was just tagging with Io Shirai and now all of a sudden she's just with Asuka or, or you take, you know, Gargano and Champa who, had the best blood feud in all of WWE the last few years. And now they're just friends on WWE. Yeah, it is, it is, it's, it's insulting to the NXT fans. It makes it feel like, damn, why do I even bother? It's almost like you have to just separate your fandom completely. <laughs> yeah. And instead, and, and, and instead of rooting for them to end up on the main roster, you, you're going to want to root for them to stay on NXT. And, Champion Gargano is, is like, is such an interesting case and so, so wild because they were, they weren't just, it wasn't just that they had a blood feud or like one of the best feuds of the year. They were still in the midst of the feud. Gargano had his championship and was still gunning for Champa's title. Um, so. You're like, it appears. It, it was in a different place, but yeah, they were not made up. No. Like, it didn't, it didn't make sense. Um, I'm baffled. You have these names that, you know, seem to be like, like, if Pete Dunn appeared on Raw next week, I wouldn't be surprised if they just called him Pete the Clown and he wore like a red clown hair and had a pink, you know, a red nose. And they're like, by God, that's Pete the Clown. Yeah, the- he, he he's the he's the funniest guy in the whole WWE, you know. It's like wait wait a second, I I've spent the last two years thinking Pete Dunn 
is the scariest hard-nosed British badass there is. And now he's Pete the Clown. <laughs> oh, it's Pete the Clown in the lineage of Doink. He's Doink's British cousin. You know, like, what are we doing here? You know, I, 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 again, these are the things I disagree with. And I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you the truth. I think a lot of these things are, are the places where you see Vince's influence. I think they can't convince Vince McMahon to care about these things that much. Yeah. Which it's, it's sort of shocking, man. You, you, I read in an article recently that, you know, at the performance center, they have two, two cameras like above, above all the rings. And like you can, one goes directly to Triple H's office so that he can see everything happening there at all times. And the other one goes to Vince's office. So, you know, this is a guy who everybody reports everything to him. He, he can't claim ignorance. So when things like that happen, I really am curious about what, like what the driving force behind, um, those decisions are. Me, me, you and I both. I, I'm so lost about how NXT figures into the main roster at this point. That really got clear with those January call-ups. Um, it just, there was no method. I mean, like, fortunately, they, fortunately, they at least think Ricochet and Alistair Black are awesome. So they're at least being used, but they're still not being used in a way that particularly makes sense. Yeah. And, um, thankfully they, they've gone through minimal tweaks. I, I feel like Ricochet hasn't been tweaked at all. And the worst they did to Alistair Black was add that little sound effect into his entrance, which, um, I hate it. But after a while, I'm sure people are going to be able to just tune it out. So uh, it's fine. Anything else from the mailbag, SGG? So, by the way, guys, guys, we we're honest with 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 the, the cheap heat universe. As you can hear, this is not a week where we were counting down the moments to doing cheap heat. I, I need something to happen that's going to get me get the juices flowing. So after a long week. Shout out to Busted Open Radio, by the way. Uh, Greg and I were just on Busted Open with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca talking about the best, uh, black wrestlers of all time. So if you want to, uh, you should go tune in. Um, I, I know on the Sirius XM app, you can go find it and listen to replays. Uh, but they do a great job over there. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, when it comes to the current product right this moment, Greg, not, not a super exciting time. Well, I mean, we're only as good as the source material, right? So when when we have uh, a lot to work with and things are great, then we can put in a great show. But on a week like this week, where I think most people were disappointed um, overall, it, you can't really blame us for not bringing it. And I think we still brought some quality conversation to the subject, but I mean... Oh, no, no. I, I, I still think the show is major. Here's a question for you. We're two weeks, we're over, we're two weeks from WrestleMania removed. Um, who is gunning for either the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship? For the WWE Championship. I, who, I, who's I gotta say my gut is telling me, uh, Kevin Owens. It, it, as soon as I saw him on Tuesday, appear with the new day 
Um, but he didn't have on like full a full color outfit. Something told me he's not in it for the long haul. He changed his shirt to a New Day shirt, which is fine, but he still had on the black boots, the black knee pads, black and that, shorts. And that was that opening and that opening segment was funny. I should give credit there. I, I did find yeah, that funny. It was, but but at the same time, we're two weeks in and neither show really lets you ha- you don't really have an idea of who is going after these champions yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna say ko for kofi though i really am because i but you're but you're just guessing but you're i am guessing. just guessing but also i feel like ko is a strong guess because number one him not in the full like he knew what color new day wears because he had a tie that perfectly matched their shirt so he knew he was gonna mm-hmm. ask to be a part of new day so he could have had shorts and boots to fully match just in case they said yes, which they did. He didn't commit. And when you think about all of his friendships from Sami Zayn, the first night we see him, he stabs his best friend in the back. Then he gets to the main roster, makes another best friend, Chris Jericho, who after a lengthy career was all about being Kevin Owens' best friend, stabs him in the back. That's what he does to his friends. And he has two new friends, one with a championship that he's been gunning for since he signed. He's going to turn. But it's just interesting to me that this a couple weeks in and there's normally someone comes out and is like, I'm gunning for me, for you. Or there's some sort of story. Neither guy has a story right yeah, now. Yeah. I don't know where they, they go have, with They Seth, just have their titles. But Kevin Owens is my guest for Kofi. Or Big O, I'm sorry, Big O, not Kevin Owens. Big yeah, yeah, o. Big, big yeah. O, exactly. Strange times, strange times. SGG, hey SGG, do you have Black Power rankings? Oh, but of course. Uh, black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all. I'm black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. In the number three, I'm going with the Velveteen Dream, um, NXT North American Championship. He's the first person to successfully defend that title at a takeover. He did that during WrestleMania weekend, held on to his championship, and then defended it again this past week on NXT against Buddy Murphy. Um, who was called up to SmackDown in the Superstar Shakeup in what ended up being a really entertaining match. Um, so for holding on to that championship and defending it in matches that people are going to look back and love all the time is Velveteen Dream. And then number two, I'm going to New Day with Big O. Because, you know, even though we've spent the most of the episode just really being down on the superstar shakeup. There were some moves that were made that I think we're going to enjoy in the long run. Andrade to Raw is one of them. Finn to SmackDown is another one. But um, Kevin Owens with the New Day is another one of them. And um, they got their first win as a unit. And Kevin Owens got to step in for Biggie and really fill that role. So because I enjoyed that and it was a bright spot for this week, the New Day is coming in at number two. And in at number one, um, I've got to throw Mark Henry in at number one. You mentioned his Busted Open show. They're having a conversation. Um, well, it's right now as we're recording, but by the time people hear it, they're going to be able to go listen to Sirius about 
just black wrestlers and the history of black wrestling. And they got some people calling in. I know Shoemaker called in. Um, Darren Young called in. We called in. And I think it's a conversation that needs to be had and heard. And I think people are going to enjoy listening to it. So after you check this out, go check that out. It's uh, Busted Open from today, Friday, April 19th. And it should be up. Uh, should be up now. Yeah, exactly. On on your uh, SiriusXM on demand, you should definitely definitely look for that. And I know they put clips up on YouTube and stuff like that as well. Also, I meant to mention when I was on that show, Norman Smiley. Oh yeah, who's uh, who's now a great NXT trainer and world class guy who's been around wrestling forever. Yeah. Uh, WCW and uh, all over the world. So, uh, did you watch? Did you watch? Uh, the Bruiser Brody Viceland show this week. Um, I did not. I caught the Montreal Screwjob one though. So, oh yeah, so yeah, I'm, I, I got to watch the Screwjob one because I watched on the on the app they had Bruiser Brody, and that was probably the one I was most interested in. How is the Screwjob one? Does it introduce us to anything we didn't already know? Um, so to answer that, does it introduce us to things that we didn't already know? I would say yes, but it's like so. Couple of things, right? 30 seconds in, Bruce Pritchard mentions, you know, it's Brett's last day with the company. He should have dropped the title. And I had to sort of roll my eyes at that because it was not Brett's last day with the company. He had three weeks left on his contract after Survivor Series. So for them to just set it up in that way, it was just like, Okay, this is a documentary. We're supposed to be having the facts, people. This is one of the facts. And it's 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 a it's a false premise to start. Yeah. Out with. So I mean, if you set aside some of the things that you know to be false that they present, um, you can be entertained by it. Um, I like the presentation style, but just right off the bat, there was that idea that um, he had a limited time and like they were on the clock. They weren't. And um, the other thing was Jim Cornette and Vince Russo both take credit for the idea of the screw job. Um, it's an interesting thing to want to take they credit They admit for. that they were at a meeting with Vince together um, in the weekend or the week before Survivor Series, like in the lead up to it, in Connecticut at Vince's house, just those three of them. And then the stories diverge. And on the one hand, you have Jim Cornette give a really interesting history lesson and then say, so I told Vince, you get bread in the sharpshooter, nobody will see it coming, ring the bell, boom, boom, boom. And then on the other hand, you have Vince Russo say, that's not true. I'm actually the one who suggested it to Vince in this meeting. And then it's just like, okay, this is this is ridiculous, but it, it's good ridiculous because now the conspiracy theory gets fleshed out even more. Like, who's telling the truth here? Um, so it's entertaining for sure. I would take it all with a grain of salt, though, as far as it being uh, super facts and the definitive word on what happened in Montreal. I will tell you, the Brody one's really pretty good, especially if you're someone who's fascinated with Bruiser Brody. Um, it's really, it's sad, but it's, it, it's very interesting. It also, it also paints Abdullah the Butcher in a very interesting light. Um, so I recommend it's, it airs next week, so you can wait for it. Um, 
I watched it early on the app because I'm a nerd and I couldn't wait. But um, I do recommend that. So shout out to Viceland. It is an interesting series they're doing. Um, but listen, guys, did you watch Macho and Liz? I don't. I didn't see that one yet. Yeah, Macho and Liz is fine. It's it's pretty basic. It's nothing. It's nothing special. Um, you know, I I, I Bruiser Brody's much better than Macho and Liz, and I'm assuming the Screwjob is too. I heard Macho and Liz is by far the worst one. Um, and it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. It's just a little sensational. But um, anyways, guys, when it comes to the product this week, I just like to say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're hurting me. And you're hurting me. Um, SGG, do me a favor this uh, weekend and, uh, and and take it easy, man. And you stay made and enjoy yourself, P.